If you have your Bibles with you, I'd ask you to turn to the book of Ephesians. I don't know about y'all, but in my Bible, it's on page 1,694. And that's my cue right now to try not to be funny today and just go on ahead and preach the message. <laughs> so, <clears throat> point taken. Just to give you some background on Ephesians. Uh, and the, chur the church at Ephesus. Now, Paul had three missionary trips that we know of. And he first went to Ephesus, Ephesus on his second missionary trip. Now on his third trip, he, wound, he liked it so much he wound up staying there for three years. And he stayed there preaching and teaching and mentoring the people at Ephesus. Now this book, Ephesus, is called a prison epistle. In other words, Paul wrote it while he was in prison. And he also at the same time, I believe, wrote not only Ephesians, but Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. I know I'm probably pronouncing that with a country twang, but uh, the book of Philemon, and they believe that all these were written around 60 to 62 A.D. during his first imprisonment. He was imprisoned uh, a few times. And the purpose of the letter was to remind the church of their position in Christ, who they were in Jesus Christ, and how to let Jesus be lived out in their lives for others to see. Their position in Christ... And, and if you will, they're, they're placing Christ. How they're to, to, to live out uh, what God's called them to do. I'm going to start out. The title of my message this morning is The Chosen. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And if you're physically able, out of reverence to God's Word, if you'd stand, please. And it begins, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as the sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. May God bless us by the reading and the hearing, but most especially the doing of His Word. You may be seated. And some of you might be thinking right off the bat, well, we're just talking about the greeting today? There's a lot of stuff in Ephesians. and you, How in the world are you going to be able to preach on just the greeting? Well, stand by. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot. Yes, this is just the greeting, but there's an awful lot in it. And, and I, want to, I want to, in true Baptist fashion, I want to touch on three points this morning. The greeting, the blessing, and the calling. And all of that is in that first section. Paul's greeting to them, our calling, uh, uh, the blessings that God has given us, and the calling He's given us in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to start out with a greeting. He starts out, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul was called by God. Paul was called to be a Christian by God. He was called specifically to be an apostle by God. And what I want us to see here is, is that even with us, when we are saved, it's because we are called by God. Not one of us wakes up one morning and says, hey, I think I'm going to be saved today. I think I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Neither do we plug it into our calendar or our day timer and say, what's today? April, I mean, April, wow, I wish. June 23rd, 2013, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. It doesn't work like that. God calls us, and I'm going to get into a little bit more detail about that in a minute. But I want us to see that God not even calls us to salvation but I believe that if we're in God's perfect will, even the occupations 
He gives us our callings by God. Amen. And the reason I say that, most of y'all know my testimony, I started out wanting to be a high school teacher and football coach. And, 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 although I knew within a month of getting saved, God wanted me to preach. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be cool. You know, what, what, you know, I found out since then being a preacher is cool, but you know, back in... I found out since then that being a preacher is cool. Um, but thank you, brother. But, but back in the day, my, from the time I was in the sixth grade, all I ever wanted to do was teach high school and coach football. I could have been stubborn and done that, and God still would, would have, have blessed me as a Christian, if you will. I would have had influence with the kids that I come in contact with day-to-day -day in the school or on the football field. But I believe with everything in my heart, He would not have blessed me, if, if you will, and, and, and I'm talking spiritual blessings here, the way that He has blessed me in my life and, and even and this, this professional, if you will, preaching ministry, He wouldn't have blessed me the way He's blessing me now if, if, if I had done what I wanted to do. I get God called me to be saved, and when He called me to be saved, He called me into this profession, and, and I believe that... that, that being in God's perfect will, this is what he's, what he's called me to do. And I believe if we're in God's perfect will, even our occupations, our jobs, we're called to by God. And so it doesn't matter whether you're a plumber or a pastor, a millionaire or a missionary, you know, my job is no more important than your job. If we're in God's perfect will, if we're doing what God's called us to do, because we're all called to, to, to be, not only to be believers, but to be out in the world sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. The jobs we've got, if you will, they're just the way to pay the bills to give us the opportunity to share Jesus with people. So Paul was called not just to be a Christian, but he was, he was called to be an apostle. We're called not just to be Christians, we're called to do something, that, a vocation, if you will, that we can use that vocation to share Jesus Christ with people. And he goes on to say, he, he's addressing Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Jesus Christ. To the saints. I want us to realize that just living in Ephesus, having a citizenship in Ephesus, didn't make them saints. Okay? Neither did that mean that everybody that lived in Ephesus was a saint, that, 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 that they were saved. By virtue of who we are in Jesus Christ, by being saved, by being Christians, that's what makes us a saint. And Paul's addressing the church there at Ephesus, so he can rightfully say to the saints in Ephesus. Doesn't take a vote, doesn't take a pope, doesn't take a cloud of smoke, and I'm, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but scripturally, when we come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, we become saints. So you could call me St. John if you want to. Uh, you know, I could call Devin, St. Devin, you know by virtue of the fact of who we are in Jesus Christ. And he says the faithful, goes on to say the faithful in Jesus Christ. Now in this study in Ephesians, not sure how long we're going to be in it, but in this study, we're going to see all that God has done for us and all He wants to do for us and all that is available to us because of who we are in Jesus Christ. God saves us, God blesses us, and God gives us the resources of heaven to help us walk out this walk we call life that God's called us to do. Key words in the book as we do this study are, are the words in, by, and through, in Christ, by Christ, through Christ. 
Words like this appear more than 35 times in the book of Ephesus, in the book of Ephesians, more than any other book in the New Testament. So Paul's really trying to drive home the fact of who we are in Christ, what we can do in Christ, and how we should live in Christ. So he says the faithful in Christ. Let me ask us, ask us this morning, how faithful are we? And I'm not talking about, well, do I have the faith of a mustard seed to, to tell that mountain jump in the ocean? What I'm talking about is are we faithful each and every day to be living for Jesus? Are we faithful to His calling every day to put Jesus first and everything else second? Are we living according to God's will and God's pleasure? Do we do everything in love? You know, vacation Bible school can take a toll on you. You know, and by, by Wednesday, Thursday, you know, we're, we're kind of at each other sometimes and, and we gotta, we got to stop and, you know what, we're, we're doing this for Jesus. By Friday, everybody's rejoicing because it's, you know, hey, it's over with. Yay. You know, but just as, as using that as an example, I mean, it's easy to catch ourselves in a spiritual situation. But when we're out in the real world, are we living lives pleasing to Christ? Do we do everything in love? Yeah, brother, I know you cut me off five times on 95, but go ahead. Only, only person I'm in a hurry, only place I'm in a hurry to get is heaven. You know, or do we do that? Cut me off, I'll show you. You know. Do we do everything in love? Do we strive for holy, pure lives, or are we unfaithful? And when I say unfaithful, are we unfaithful in that we're living for ourselves instead of living for Christ? He goes on from there to say, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. Paul's asking for the grace and the peace of God to be on the people that are reading this letter. His desire for their physical and their spiritual well-being. He says, Grace to you. What is grace? What is grace this morning? I'm going to give you three definitions here. Justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is getting what you deserve. If I'm driving down 95 and I cut somebody off and a cop pulls me over and gives me a ticket, that's justice. I'm getting what I deserve. Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. I cut that guy off. The cop pulls me over and he says, Mr. Hodgin, I could very easily give you a, give you a speeding ticket. He, said, I probably, he would say, I could probably write you up for, for a stolen vehicle because I see, I see the Jesus Saves bumper sticker on the back of your vehicle, the cross and all that stuff. And with you acting the way you were acting, I thought it was stolen. You know, but I'm not going to give you a ticket. That's mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. But I could cut that guy off. The cop pulled me over and he says, Mr. Hodgin, I'm not going to give you a ticket, but because I'm in a good mood, here, here's a hundred bucks out of my, my own personal wallet. Here, you take it and you take your wife out to eat and do something nice tonight. That's getting something I don't deserve. That's grace. And see, that's the way it works with God. Justice is us getting what we deserve. The Bible tells us that all of us, are before Jesus, we're separated from God, we're condemned, and we, we, we've been tried, we've been sentenced for, for sinning, and the punishment is death. That's justice. Mercy is the fact that God didn't do that right off the bat. But grace is the fact that God, even though we deserve justice and God gave us mercy, He says, you know what? I'm not going to punish you the way you deserve to be punished, but I'm going to send my Son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to take your punishment. Amen. And if you accept the work my Son Jesus did on the cross, 
You're going to have my grace. I, 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 you can follow me, live for me here on this earth, and when your days on this earth are over, I'm going to be gracious enough to take you to heaven to live with me forever. That's where grace is. Have you experienced God's grace this morning? Have you experienced the goodness of God and God giving you something that you didn't deserve? In other words, His Son. See, grace is what saves us, and we're going to really talk about this in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, For by grace we're saved, not of works. God's grace is the only thing that has ever saved anybody, and it's the only thing that will ever save anybody. It doesn't matter how, how many good deeds I do, what kind of works I do, I can never work hard enough to earn God's grace. I can never work hard enough to earn God's salvation. And the reason it's about grace and not about works is because God's, God's offer of salvation, God's offer of grace goes out to everybody. But if it was determined by works, some of us wouldn't make it. If it was by works, if God said, well, if you can run down this, run down this aisle and, and jump and touch the chandelier, guess what? Some of us wouldn't make it. Because we're not, we're not able to jump high enough to touch the chandelier. Some of us have got people in churches all over the place. If, 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 it was, if God said, if you can walk the aisle, guess what? Some folks wouldn't get it because they couldn't walk the aisle physically. If God said, well, okay, it takes a million bucks, you know what? There probably wouldn't be one of us in here that could get saved because we don't have a million bucks to give. But God's plan and God, God's perfect plan and perfect purpose for everybody is to get saved. And so, so to make it so that all of us can get saved, He said, I'm going to bestow my grace on you. My plan of grace involves you turning from your sin and accepting the sacrifice my son Jesus did on the cross. Turn from your old life, turn to Jesus, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior and follow Him as best you can the rest of your life. That's what grace is all about. That's what salvation is all about. And it only comes through Jesus Christ. It's only offered by God. And when you get grace, He says grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get grace, you get peace. When you get grace, you get peace because the worst thing, yeah, I tell folks jokingly sometimes, the worst thing that can happen to me is I die and I go to heaven. Whew, boy, that, that's tough, isn't it? I don't have to worry about bills. You know, I don't have to worry about vacation Bible school planning. You know, I don't have to worry about any of those things anymore because I'm in heaven. You know, all the rest of you guys are left down here worrying about all that stuff. But when we get grace, we get peace. God's grace is, is what allows us, even because I know we live in the real world and I know we have times when we're concerned, times when we're, in a sense, worried, uh, times when we don't know what to do. You know, our, our, our spouse has left us or, or somebody in our family's died or, or we've lost our job or the doctor's given us a prognosis that we weren't expecting and we definitely didn't, didn't want. But the grace of God is what allows us to have peace even at times like that. I'm not going to say we go through, that we don't go through valleys where sometimes we wring our hands. But what I'm saying is, is, as I like to say, when we come to our right minds, you know, when we come to our right minds in Christ, we realize, you know what, God's got this. Amen. I might not like what I'm going through. I might not understand what I'm going through. And God might not be doing things the way I want Him to do, but I, I've got to trust Him. Right. If we can trust Him with our salvation, we need to learn to be able to trust Him with our daily lives. 
even if things don't work out the way we want them to work out. And if you're like me, it's probably quite a few of us that things even on a day-to-day -day basis don't work out the way we wanted them to work out. That's the greeting. The second thing we want to see here this morning is the blessing. Paul writes, <clears throat> excuse me, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Blessed be the God. Paul is calling the readers and he's calling us to praise who God is. He's calling us to praise God's grace, God's goodness, God's holiness, God's salvation. He's calling us to praise Him for, for, for who He is and what He's done for us through the work Jesus did on the cross. He's calling us to praise Him for salvation. And, and just to add something here to this, if you came to Jesus, in other words, if you got quote-unquote saved, but you got saved because of what you thought Jesus could do for you, hey, if I come to Jesus, life's going to be a bed of roses. Eh, that one's wrong. Okay, Or I'm going to come to Jesus because if I give my life to Jesus, He's going to get me out of this financial bind. Or He's going to bring my spouse back. Or He's going to rein my kids in. Or I'm going to get that promotion. Guess what? <laughs> you came to Jesus for the wrong reason. And in truth, you didn't come to Him at all. Right. Amen. If you did not, quote unquote, come to Jesus for any other reason than for Him to save you from your sins, then you didn't come to Christ. There's a, there's a, I like to say, a Greek word for the stuff these TV preachers talk about. Wanting it, saying God wants everybody to be healthy and wealthy and have Cadillacs, cash, and condos. It's baloney. Amen. You know. Right. If you've walked with Jesus for a while and you're truly walking with Jesus, you'll realize that sometimes walking the path that, 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 that we walk as Christians is a whole lot harder than it was when we were lost. Because see, before we knew Jesus, we, we were just going through the day-to-day -day things that everybody goes through. But once you come to know Christ, you not only have to do with the day-to-day -day things, but you've got the old person you're still dealing with that's fighting against you. And then you've got the spiritual realm of de demons, whether you want to believe it or not, it's true. You know, the, 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 the demonic forces out there, because we'll read in Ephesians that everything we go through is a spiritual battle. But you've got the forces of Satan and his demons trying to do everything they can to tear you down and to turn you away from Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he, if you came to Jesus for anything other than salvation, you, you didn't get saved. And then he talks about the spiritual blessings. The first three chapters of Ephesians, we're going to see that, that God, uh, we're going to see what God has given us in Jesus Christ. We're going to see that all the resources of heaven to live a life pleasing to God are made available to us through Jesus Christ. The grace, the peace, the contentment, the joy, the wisdom, the vision, the discernment, something I need, the long suffering, in other words, patience. Okay? We have all these resources available to us in Jesus, and we're going to be learning more about them. But yet, many of us don't use, as Christians even, don't use these things, and lots of times we don't even ask for them. We'll struggle as Christians, we'll struggle through life on our own, saying, God, what, what should I be doing? What should I be doing? But we don't pray or we don't get into the Word to, to, to see God's plan for us. We don't seek out brothers and sisters in the Lord to pray with us. 
I've told folks, if you're here, here today as a guest and you're, and you're looking for a church home, I tell our folks all the time, I tell people all the time, we as human beings may not have the answer for what you're going through. And God might not choose to pull you out of whatever trial or tribulation or testing you're going through. But we as brothers and sisters in Christ, God has put us here to walk with you through whatever you're dealing with. Amen. And if we have to, pick you up and carry you. Amen. Because see, we're, we're called, God's still in the miracle working business, and lots of times I believe He still does things supernaturally, but lots of times the, the miracle that happens in somebody's life comes because God has put a human being in that person's life to help them through it. Amen. Whether, it whether it's a word of encouragement, whether it's praying with them, whether it's just being there to, to, for them to lean on, whether it's being able to offer, offer physical or material help, we're called to be Jesus in the flesh. And here at Victory, I don't know, it, 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 some of the other churches out there, but we're in no way, shape, or form anywhere close to perfect. But we try the best we can through the power of God's Holy Spirit to be Jesus in the flesh to anybody that walks through these doors. We stumble, we fall, we mess up because we're human beings, but we try the best we can to, to be part of that spiritual blessing to help folks realize that all the resources of heaven are theirs to get them through life. He talks about the heavenly places in Christ. You know, so many people come to Jesus and they think, well, I want to live my life the way I want to live it now and, and, and I'll have plenty of time to be with you in heaven. When, when Paul is talking about the heavenly places in Christ right now, he's not talking about the sweet by and by. He's talking about the tough here and now. Because see, we need to realize that if we're in Christ, we are in the heavenly places. If we're saved, if we're born again, if we're Christians, God, Jesus, and the person of the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. And if Jesus is a spiritual being and He resides in the heavenly realms and Jesus is with us, guess where the heavenly places are now? They're in us. And I think sometimes we have a hard time realizing that because I think so many times we go through life thinking that we're, uh, that, that we're a physical being living a spiritual life. But folks, that's wrong. We're not a physical being living a spiritual life. Rather, we're a spiritual being created in the image of God. We're a spiritual being living a physical life until God calls us home. And when we start thinking like that, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spiritual being. I've got all the resources of heaven available to me. I've got all the resources of heaven around me. Then we should be able to take joy in that. In the heavenly places in Christ, we live as Christians in fellowship with God, yet at the same time we battle the forces of earth, the forces of the old person, and the forces of Satan at the same time. And we'll read a lot about that in Ephesians chapter 6. But we're given the spiritual blessings, and we, if you will, we live in the heavenly places. We live, if you will, on a higher plane because of who we are in Jesus Christ. That's the blessing, finally the calling, verses 4-6. through six. He says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Just as He chose us. I'm not going to get into predestination, election, and all those other things 
in this study other than to say this. He chose us. In eternity past, God knew who would respond positively to the gospel. In eternity past, God knew, well, if I, if, 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 if I tell this one about Jesus, they're going to give their life to Him. If I tell this one about Jesus, they're going to reject Him. God knew in eternity past who was going to be saved and who wasn't. Not that He handpicked. Okay? And, 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 and some of y'all might disagree with that. That, that. That's something we can agree to disagree on. Because there's been debate about that over the years. But I believe from what I have learned in seminary and from what I've learned in my study of the Word, God knew in eternity past who was going to say yes to Jesus, who was going to say no to Jesus. And the ones that said yes are the ones that were predestined. Predestined to adoption. Predestined to salvation. Jesus, God didn't choose me because I cleaned my life up first. He didn't look down one day and say, man, John Hodgins is really doing a good job of trying to clean his act up. You know, he's not beating his wife and kicking the dog or anything like that like he used to. He's really trying to do a better job. No, while I was still, though I didn't, I never did this, okay? While I was, while I was beating my wife and kicking my dog and being a mean, evil, nasty person, God chose me. And I'm, and I'm not saying that to, to, to brag on me, because guess what? He chose a lot of y'all too. Right. <laughs> you know, not because there was anything good about us. He chose us before we were born, while we were still in our sin and under His condemnation and judgment. He chose us. The Bible tells us that we're separated from God. We're dead in our sins. I don't know about y'all, but I have never seen a dead person respond to anything. Right. And I've done quite a bit of funerals in the, in the years I've been in the ministry. And I've never seen anybody go over to a casket or go over to a table and poke somebody and say, hey, wake up. I'm not trying to be crude, but I've never seen it happen. And what I'm getting at is sometimes even though God calls us, we get hung up on, on who we were before we got saved or on how great we are because we responded to God's call for salvation. When, when really, we had, if you will, we had nothing to do with it. God planted, God planted that desire in us. The testimony and praise, because a dead person can't respond to anything, the testimony and praise of our salvation, which, which we read uh, further on there in verses 5 and 6, shouldn't be about who we were or about how we came to Jesus, if you will, but it should be about what we were. I was separated from God. I was dead in my sin. I was under His condemnation and judgment, yet He chose me for salvation. And folks, that's the way it is with, with all of us. I'm not trying to be mean or nasty and say, well, if you're here today and you know Jesus, you're, 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 you're an evil or a bad person. I'm not saying that. God, God, God's saying that. But you're no different than the rest of us because in God's eyes, all of, all of us are like that before we come to know Christ. Because outside of Christ, the Bible tells us again, we're dead in our sins. We're separated from God. The judge, see, what, what a lot of folks think is, well, I'm going I'm to get to heaven one day, or I'm going to stand before God one day, and I'm going to plead my case, and God's going to understand what I did, and what I didn't do, and why I did it, and why I didn't do it, and He's going to say He understands, and say, come on in. But folks, it doesn't work like that. Number one, the Bible tells us when we stand in front of God, we're not going to say anything. Right. But what we need to realize is that there's not going to be any pleading our case because 
from the time of Adam, the sin that Adam, our first father, when he committed that first sin, the trial has already been had. The judgment has already been passed down. Guilty. Guilty of sin. The Bible tells us sin separates us from God. All have sinned. The wages of sin are death. Death means not just a physical death, but a spiritual separation from God in a real place the Bible calls hell. So we're not going to stand in front of God one day and plead our case because the fact is, the case has already been tried and over with. The judgment, the verdict has already been rendered guilty. The only thing that's left to be carried out is the execution. So it's not a matter of us hoping for a, if you will, for an appeal or for a retrial where we can explain our case. The only hope for us is a pardon. And the only person, uh, the only pardon that God will accept is us turning from our sin, turning from our guilt, and turning to His Son, Jesus Christ, and asking for forgiveness, and asking Him to save us and to become our Lord and Savior. Amen. So all this about, well, I'm going to stand in front of God and explain my case, sounds good, but it ain't going to happen. And that's not me, that's God's Word saying that. By the good pleasure of His will. Again, we're not saved because we're worthy, because there's anything special about us. I got ahead of myself there. I'm sorry. That's what I get sometimes. We were under condemnation. Let me back up here. We were under condemnation before we come to Jesus. Yet He chose us for salvation. And because of this, the Bible tells us, we, 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 we read right here that we're called to live holy and blameless lives before Him. And not just holy and blameless lives, but holy and blameless lives in love. Verse 4, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Folks, how are we living today? Those of us that claim Jesus as Savior, how are we living today? How are we living out our lives? Is love the hallmark of our life? And I'm not just talking about love for our spouses or love for our kids or love for our friends. I'm talking about the agape love of Jesus. Again, when somebody cuts you off on 95, oh, God bless you. You know, or, or that little old lady with the purple hair. She's been going two miles an hour all through Walmart, but buddy, you get ready to get in line to cash out, and buddy, she's right there in front of you and cut you off. And, you know, is it God bless you, ma'am, go right ahead? Or, you know, who do you think you are? You know. <laughs> is love the hallmark of our lives as Christians. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're not saved, you're not here because of chance, because of fate, because of luck, because of destiny, because none of that stuff exists. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're here today because God is calling you today from death into life. God wants to raise you up from death. God wants to lift you out. And when I say this, I'm not trying to be derogatory, again, because all of us were, were guilty of it at one time or another. He wants to lift you out of your sin. He wants, to, he wants to take you who are separated from God and join you to Himself. And that's why you're here today. You might think, hey, I'm here because somebody invited me, or I'm here because my kid or, 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 or my neighbor's kid or my relative was, was singing the, the, the vacation Bible school songs. Uh-uh. Those are just the tools that God used to get you in here if you don't know Jesus. And the reason God's got you here is because He wants to bring you from death to life. From selfishness into love. And He goes on in verse 5 to talk about the good pleasure of His will. Again, we're not saved because we're worthy. 
because there's anything special about us or because God needs something and we're the only ones that can provide it. Or again, because we deserve it, but because of the good pleasure of God's will, He has either adopted us as sons and daughters or He wants to adopt us as sons and daughters. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the firstborn Son of God, the only born Son of God. All the rest of us that become children of God become so because we're adopted. And let me, let me share something with you right here. You hear so many, the, the popular phrase today in religion is that we're all God's children. Guess what? Biblically, we're not. Right. We're all God's creation. But John chapter 1 tells us that the only ones that, that are entitled to, to be called the children of God are the ones that have given their life to Jesus Christ. Amen. God wants to adopt us as sons and daughters. Stories told of, a, of, a, of an adopted child that was talking to his parents one day and, and, and he was sharing with his mom and dad. He said, I just, I just don't feel as, as loved by you as, as, as my brother and sister here that, that y'all had on your own. I know you love me, but I, I just don't feel like I'm loved as much as they are. And the parents took that adopted child aside and they sat him down and then they, they said, look, before we got you, we went to orphanage after orphanage after orphanage. One day we got to the orphanage where you were. They said, we were doing, doing this looking at all the children. Then one day we got to the orphanage where you were. And we looked at all the children that were in that orphanage. And out of all the children in that orphanage, we picked you. We handpicked you. And they said, Son, we're telling you that to let you know we handpicked you. We love you just as much as the ones we had naturally because we picked you. And folks, that's what God wants to do. God chose us. God wants to choose us. If you're here today and you don't know Him, God wants you. God wants to adopt you as a son and daughter. And folks, in spite of our sin, in spite of our failings, He chooses us. And because He chooses us, we should be praising, in verse 6 here, we should be praising the glory of His grace. Because in His graciousness, He has either picked us, or again, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, He wants to pick you. Again, that's why you're here today. We should be praising His, the glory of His grace. It does, and many of you have heard me say this many times before. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, who you've done it with, how long you've done it, or even if you're doing it now, as a matter of fact. If you're here now, it's either because God has called you or is calling you because of His love for you. For the praise of His glory, He wants to make you accepted. And that verse, uh, that word accepted there in, 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 in verse 6 of Ephesians chapter 1, in the Greek comes from the, uh, the word, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, charito, which means highly favored or full of grace, which is the exact same word that the angel used when he spoke to Mary in, in, in Luke chapter 1 verse 28. When, when, when the angel, and you don't have to turn there, you can write it down if you want to, but, but the, uh, the angel said, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, and blessed are you among women. God wants you to be highly favored. God wants you to be full of His grace. So He's here calling you today if you don't know Him as Lord and Savior. The greeting. We are saints in Christ by the grace of God, according to the will of God. The blessing. 
We're to bless God because He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In other words, all the resources of heaven are available to us to live a life pleasing to God through Jesus Christ and the calling. In spite of our sin, according to the pleasure of God's good will, not because we deserve it, not because we can earn it, not because somebody sent some money up or said some extra prayers in our behalf, but because of God's, the pleasure of God's good will, He's called us to be saved. Because of the pleasure of God's good will, in spite of who we are, God has called us to salvation. And that leads me to this point right here, right now. Do you know this morning whether or not you've been saved? Do you know this morning whether or not you've been born again, whether you're a Christian? And, and I know we got a lot, of, a lot of different folks here today, and, and some of you, and even some of us Baptist folks still think this. Well, well Pastor, those are Baptist words, aren't they? Be, being saved, being born again? No, those are Jesus' words. All you have to do is turn to John chapter 3. Yeah. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be saved, you must be born again. Has that ever happened in your life? I'm not talking about becoming religious. I'm not talking about joining a church or saying a prayer, walking an aisle, getting your name on a, on a membership card. I'm not even talking about believing everything that the Bible says because the book of James tells us that the demons believe everything. And they're going to spend eternity in hell. What I'm asking this morning, has there ever been a time in your life where you've come to Jesus... And you've acknowledged the fact that you're a sinner. And again, keep in mind, we all, we all sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But has there ever been a time in your life where you've turned from your, your sin, your old life, and you've turned to Jesus, and you've asked Jesus to forgive you and to come into your life to become your Lord and Savior? Because if you can't think of a time that that's happened, then biblically you've not been saved. And I'll also throw this in. How have you changed since you said it or since you did that? Because biblically, if you still act the same way, talk the same way, think the same way, do the same things, you weren't saved. Now, we may occasionally... See, as a Christian, we're not perfect and we're still going to sin. But as the old phrase goes, as Christians, we should sin less. And as you walk with God, the longer you walk with God, hopefully the fewer and more far between our sins are. But if, but if you, if you, in a sense, said the prayer, but nothing has changed in your life, then you've got to question whether what you did was real because the Bible tells us that whoever Jesus saves, Jesus changes. might not be just like that, but there's going to be a progression. So has there ever been a time in your life where you've turned from your old life and you've turned to Jesus and you've asked Him to forgive you of your sins and to be your Lord and Savior and, and there's been a change in your life? And if you can't say that, I want to lead you in a prayer here in a second. Because again, if you're here today and you haven't done that, you're here today because God wants you to do that. I'm not talking about joining victory or becoming a Baptist. I'm talking about turning from your old life and turning to Jesus and asking Him to forgive you and, to be, and, and for Him to become your Savior.